So the RBA minutes, there was a bit of interest there enough to question whether expectations for rate cuts are a little premature and whether a hike in February is now more likely than ever. Meanwhile, the Bank of Japan has done nothing. When will they make a move? Will they ever make a move? Their issue is obviously very different to everyone else's. And Canada, inflation jumps back up. So a lot happening this Wednesday, the 20th of December, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar is down 0.4% this morning. That's uh, definitely been the trend for the last week or so, of course, against a 0.8% rise in the Aussie dollar, up to 67.6 US cents. Now the pound up 0.6%, a half percent rise in the euro, and a 0.8% fall in the Japanese yen. Uh, we will talk about the Bank of Japan today. US stocks are higher. At close, the S&P up 0.6%. It's about 30 points away from an all-time high now. The Nasdaq and the Dow both up 0.7%. The Nasdaq up over the 15 thousand mark and the russell 2000 finishing up 1.9 percent another big day for that in europe the euro stocks 50 and the FTSE 100 both closed up 0.3 percent almost 0.6 percent for the dax and bond yields lower uh, just down one basis point for 10-year treasuries but down six uh, for 10-year yields in germany down eight in france four in the uk aussie 10 years closed up uh, five basis points to 4.11 percent yesterday no doubt influenced by the fairly hawkish minutes from the rba overnight on futures just one basis point lower than that and oil today up more more trouble of course uh, in the middle east two percent for brent uh, which is nudging 80 dollars also 1.3 percent for wti so adrigo Catrill joins me today from nab in sydney uh, let's start with the rba minutes not totally the uh, the non-event that, <laughs> that we build them as yesterday because uh, there were a few things in there weren't there including you know the board discussed how australia was well you know different from any other places and not in a good way that underlying inflation is higher than most even though they said that there were some encouraging signs of inflation and domestic demand all just a bit too hot yes uh, morning phil so that's certainly one of the major takeaways from the minutes reinforcing the view that the rba is still very concerned particularly by this domestic driven inflation uh, and as you also note uh, the RBI acknowledges as well that Australian inflation is running uh, well, be- well above several other countries. Um, and uh, and I think the emphasis as well was on that domestic demand was judged still to be running above levels consistent with the inflation target. Um, and then the other the other aspect, which we, we thought it, it was eventually, it had to come eventually, uh, was the acknowledgement that, um, um, you know, the RBA now is, you know, essentially supposed to be targeting the midpoint of the two to three percent uh, inflation band and, right. and they did actually make one acknowledgement uh, in, in in the minutes um noting that um you know inflation to return to the top of the target band by the end of 2025 rather than the midpoint of the band which was in sharp contrast to uh, previous discussions right. so finally so it's they, going to take longer in other words they say it's going to take longer to get to there to where so that, that presumably would be translated as well, they're going to stay higher for longer to try and get there. Well, that that is really the the sort of the the the, the key question, right? That that's the acknowledgement mm. of the midpoint means that given the time frame, that now you need to get there, you know, by the end of twenty twenty five, or um, because they don't actually acknowledge that they don't say anything about that, or does it just mean that you give yourself another six months to get to the midpoint? Um, so, because um, of course, that that will also uh, put more pressure on. Um, 
on the need to get there faster and to do that you probably need to hike again so um that is the, that is sort of the, the the hawkish side of the of the commentary the other one is that they, they do acknowledge or if you like the case for holding um they do highlight that um you know that um there is evidence that, um, and the possibility that we might see a large increase in the unemployment rate than anticipated um and that so far um up to, to that December meeting, um, the, the data flow didn't provide or warrant a material revision to the outlook. And, and arguably, you know, post, post the, the, the RBI meeting, we had uh, that GDP reading that came a little bit lower. We also had an employment that was a little bit higher. So from a flow, economic flow data, if you like, um, there's a case there to say, well, the RBA can afford to, to be patient. But uh, ultimately, no. I think that the key point will be uh, that it's all about inflation and, and that inflation continues to show that evidence of domestic-driven uh, inflationary pressures. I think that the, the RBA will, will be forced to, to consider a hike. And, and I think that that's sort of the main, the main view of, of NAB, that you know, we might get overs and unders, if you like, for, for Q1, Q4 inflation reading late in January. Um, but the details are the ones that are going to be important. And if, if we still see that evidence of, of that demand-driven or domestic-driven inflationary pressures, uh, then it may well force the, the RBA hand to hike again. And, and uh, look, they haven't got long, have they, to consider those uh, inflation numbers? Because I think they come out on the 31st of January. So, you know, less than a week before the uh, the RBA has their first meeting of the of the new year. Yeah, and, and there will be new forecasts there too as well. So um, that that's very important too. So yeah. It's going to be a busy few days. So is the market still pricing in cuts for the first half of the year? And, and are they are they wrong to be doing that in light of the fact that, you know, they're going for the middle, not the top? Um, yes. So um, I, I suppose that we, we need to kind of look at it from a global perspective that what is going on here is that you see these aggressive rate cuts coming for the Fed as well as the ECB, you know, over 100 basis points of rate cuts expected next year. Um, and that is also kind of increasing expectations that, you know, the same thing will happen here in Australia. Um, but like as the RBA has noted, um, the inflationary pressures here in Australia are very different and, and elevated here um, compared to, to the rest of the world. Um, and unless you think that we're going to see a collapse in those inflationary pressures, then yes, um, the pricing expectations that see around 23 basis points of rate cuts by June next year to us seem a little bit premature. Um, given that we still see inflation, um, you know, trending above um, uh, the RBA target, which is now arguably a, bit, a little bit lower than midpoint, um, uh, well into 2025. So um, expectations of records are a little bit premature. Um, and certainly that's that's one factor that we think hmm. eventually the market will have to start considering what the RBA is saying and, and push them further out in yeah. time. And on wage inflation, they said members noted the balance of risks had shifted to the upside on that. And also, you know, evidence that inflation can bounce back. Case in point, Canada, uh, the headline rate was expected to fall in November. It didn't. It stuck at 3.1%. Month on month, it was expected to fall. It didn't. It rose 0.1%. And I think also the core rate as well has, has increased. So that's not supposed to be happening. It's not. And, and it's certainly one of those sort of warnings, if you like, that um, even uh, the governor McCliff uh, has has made. You know that um, you know we need to see further improvements in in those inflationary pressures. Um, and, and as you say, it, it wasn't as 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 good as expected. Um, the, the core readings, you know, there's two core readings in in Canada, and one of them wasn't changed at three and a half, and the market was looking for a decline to three point four. 
And the other one, uh, the median, um, um, was expected to decline to 3.3, and it only declined to 3.4. Um, and inflation, still with a sort of mid 3% handle, is still considered to be elevated. So um, further improvements are needed. And, and at the moment, those improvements are, you know, kind of um, seesawing, if you like, in terms of the, the inflation reading. So uh, certainly a place to the view that even though the Canadian economy is slowing down, um, the key component is that you need to see that easing inflationary pressures for for the Bank of Canada to feel comfortable yeah. uh, uh, talking about rate cuts. And yet, curiously, you know, their producer prices are falling. You know, down two point three percent year on year. So, what is it? I wonder. If it's is it wages? Is it profit taking? Is the big bit of mix of all? Yeah, of that? no, certainly wages. Uh, wages are not are not coming down significantly. Yeah, which uh, you know is as we've said. You know, it's what the RBA is concerned about as well. Uh, well, it's not a concern in Japan. What a segue! So, the Bank of Japan. Mm-hmm. Nothing to report, no moves, no indications. I mean, on that, on wages, I mean, there are people saying, well, we have to wait for the spring wage negotiations in March. But I'm seeing other people suggesting, well, they're not going to go up very much. I mean, smaller businesses particularly are struggling. So we're not going to see that wage inflation in Japan, which is why they've got more wriggle room i suppose yeah so um as we we were we have been uh, on the camp that um that there was not going to be any surprises delivered uh, at the december meeting um there's been quite a lot of commentary coming from the bank of japan since the late october meeting um where the bank itself has made it very clear that we need to start talking about the policy exit uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the exit is coming imminently um and if anything there's also been that emphasis that governor Ueda has has said is that there, there's conditions for for policy exits and you need to see the right type of inflation which needs to be a demand pull rather than a cost push inflation you need to see evidence of that virtuous cycle between prices and wages uh, alongside a stable economic growth outlook, and and to us that those those latter two are key key because um, there's yet not enough evidence of wages growth in in, in Japan, and and as you said, um, the the true evidence of that uh, will come through the Shinto and Rengo outcomes uh, around Q2 next year. Um, and two, and the, the other thing is that, you know, you read the statement yesterday, and as much as they talk about improvements in in um, in uh, private consumption and also uh, drivers of underlying inflation pointing to a gradual increase, that's all positive. Um, what they also note that there's extreme uncertainties on the economic outlook. So those extreme uncertainties, um, you know, are not not it's not an environment conducive for for the bank to hike. Um, we we need to see the bank. A little bit more certain about the growth outlook for for Japan's economy, as well as that evidence of wages growth. So for us, um, you know, the earliest that we can think of of, of, of a movement away from negative policy will be uh, in April. Um, but of course, you know, a lot of things could happen between now and then. Um, you know, the, this. Uh, as you mentioned, the big companies can actually uh, deliver some information in terms of wages growth at the start of the year. Um, but it's not just about them. Uh, it's also about the smaller to medium companies. Uh, and, and those ones are the ones that you will only know later in the year. So, well, if, it, if, if it's all supply driven and it's not demand driven, which is the case, then I mean, how much influence does monetary policy have? And if you know, demand has been slow for two decades, even with negative interest rates. So it's a broader question. is <laughs> How much is monetary policy really making any difference in Japan? Maybe they need a Maybe they need a new approach. Well, yeah, and and Paul Krugman will talk about you know those arguments that that in that in that scenario that deflationary mindset that has been well ingrained, if you like, to, of the consumer in Japan. You need a central bank that 
to to be responsible you need them to shake everyone out of their their mindset and and start thinking oh inflation could could actually stay here for longer um and and that's what they're trying to do and uh, and whilst they they seem to be going in the right direction we haven't yet seen a rise of those inflationary expectations particularly on the consumer side and, and that's been one of the things that the bank has highlighted Companies are talking about these expectations of high inflation, which is, um, you know, evident in the tank and survey, but it's not yet evident in the consumer. Um, mm. And I suppose you, you need to get paid more to think, oh, I can afford higher prices. Right. And so so on. if that's the case, I mean, no wonder they're not in a rush then. Look, uh, if you want to see a decisive move by a central bank, Hungary, their interest rate this morning down from 11.5 to 10.75. Uh, it was 18% at the start of the year. So, I mean, they've got the polar opposite of uh, the Bank of Japan, haven't they, in terms of approach. But also, look, it's the Fed playing with us. I mean, all this talk about no cuts or no discussions of cuts. We've got Raphael Bostic from the Atlanta Fed this morning saying there will be cuts, maybe two or three. But uh, sometime in the third quarter, though, he's saying he thinks the PC number will be 2.4% by the end of 2024. He says, you know, that's close enough to where they want to be. But he's also saying it's not imminent, nothing in the first half of the year, which, of course, is where markets uh, have been anticipating things. So I guess he's sort of still on message in that it's going to happen, but it's not going to happen in a hurry. Yes, no, I think, but I think, I think that's a good point that, you know, early in the week we had uh, Goldsby and, and Loretta Mesters uh, suggesting that expectations of rate cuts are premature. Uh, and now, you know, slightly different tone in the language coming from Bostic uh, as well as uh, Barkin, um, you know, acknowledging that rate cuts are coming, but not as soon as, you know, Q1 this year, but certainly should, should fall part, part of the thinking in the second half of next year. Um, so it's certainly it, it turned down. And, and one of the factors playing into it is that weakness in the US dollar that we've seen overnight as well. Right. OK, very quickly today, we've got uh, Japan's balance of trade. We've got Germany's consumer confidence. We've also got the uh, conference board consumer confidence for the US as well tomorrow morning. Uh, we get UK CPI and PPI. Their core inflation rate is still up at 5.7%. And I suspect, you know, we're talking about wages taking a while to come down. I mean, there's still quite a bit of strike action going on in the UK. So, uh, you know, it, it's going to take a while there as well, isn't it? Yeah, I think that out of all those data releases, is this the UK inflation numbers that are going to be important, um, not only in terms of that core reading taking its time to come down, but also the services inflation, which is, you know, a major concern mm. around, you know, that demand driven uh, from the, the consumer side is still elevated. And that's uh, not expected to come down, it's expected to remain unchanged at 6.6%. So um, yeah. it just plays yeah. to the view that, you know, expectations of rate cuts in, in, in the UK uh, need to be considered within the context of those inflationary dynamics, and yeah. and and you know at the moment it suggests that uh, um, you know it will take a, a while to come down. Looks like it doesn't. It? Minutes of the uh, Bank of Canada as well. Their meeting that'll be interesting in light of the inflation coming back up a little today, and uh, China's loan prime rates as well. Yes, uh, we we don't expect the the loan prime rates to 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 change. Um, you know, they tend to be guided by the MLF rate and, and the PBOC left the MLF rate unchanged last week. So, you know, uh, as you were, if you like, in, in terms of those, those numbers. Uh, and that's it for today. And that's it for you for the year. You can go off and uh, enjoy Christmas, uh, you know, tidy up your desk and, uh, <laughs> Thanks, uh, you know, buy the uh, Christmas Chris Kringle presents and, uh, and we'll see you in the new year. See you in your new year. Thanks, Phil. Cheers. But we are by no means done yet. We've got another morning call for you from NAB tomorrow morning. I'm Phil Dobby. I'll be back then. See you then. Thanks for listening.